Walk out the door, you see someone that you know, and they ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine. Yeah. Okay. really fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand hello you're listening to you okay hon a weekly advice podcast i'm your host mr lover lover mm-hmm. mr lover lover girl dave and i'm mona lisa i forgot my intro <laughs> i'm mona lisa serpent member of the illuminati and we're going to combine our years of experience listening to people complain and a complete lack of qualifications to solve a mixture of your problems and funny problems other people had that we found on the internet. I will read the problems and my spiritual mentor, Mona Lisa, will do the emotional labour, provide the realness and guide us to a workable solution. Or at least that's how it's supposed to work. I'm yawning again, I'm sorry. You are yawning again because this is such a fucking chore for you, isn't it? <laughs> You're always telling me about how much you hate this podcast. It's such a chore for you. Oh, I just yawning. It's so boring. Not true. Do you enjoy listening to this podcast? I hope so. (laughs) If you do, and you think, ah, those two seem like pretty cool guys. I like them. I wish I could bump into them so I could buy them a coffee. Not one each, one for them to share. (laughs) Well, now what you can do is you can go to our Patreon page. And you can give us roughly the value of a coffee if you think we're worth it. Again, that's one coffee shared between both of us. Not two coffees, so that would be greedy. We're not being greedy here. Um, And you help support the show. And we set that up before. And so far we have one patron. I know, people, please. Please. Just make it, I don't even care about the money right. that we will use to, you know, do things like buy a second mic and yeah, all that. Yeah, because at the but moment really, we're just huddled, or huddled over a mic what on I'm a really, footstool on a book. What I'm really worried about is the fact that we look like goddamn losers. That is true. Basically, what we're trying to say here is pay us for our emotional labour. That's what we're saying, right? I mean, yeah, completely. Yeah. No, but seriously, if anyone wants to help support the podcast, we have now set up a Patreon. The information about it was buried in the middle of one episode, that episode we did with Emma recently. And so we didn't feel like we got a chance to air it out a lot. It's how a lot of podcasts operate now. And if you don't think we're worth it, that's fine. You can still keep listening for free. We don't care about it either. But if you do think that, hey, I like those guys, I want to help them succeed, please feel free to become a patron. And what we're talking about doing is once we get a, like a reasonable amount, we'll start doing bonus episodes only for subscribers, only special episodes for subscribers. subscribers. Yeah, to the patrons, that's what they call them, subscribers. Ah, okay. So that's For, that's bon- for patrons, whatever. For patrons, I like that, because it, it makes me feel like Da Vinci or something. Yeah, this is like, it's like in 1830 in France yeah, or like whatever. the king of Some rich old lush has become your patron. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah, okay, cool. So that's that's a thing. Um, also, send us problems. We actually have a good few listener problems to work through over the next few weeks. But we're going to do this podcast forever until either we die or you die. Mm. Uh, so give us some more problems so we can work through them all. I'd love to get to the point where I can be like, guys, please stop sending us problems. There's too many. We just can't get through them all. We have to prioritise. But we're not quite there yet. So please continue to send us problems. 
You can get us on Twitter, on Instagram. Thank you for everyone to follow us on Instagram. That's cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, we are over 200 people now, which to all you fucking big boys with your thousands might seem like a little amount, but do you know what? Fuck you. We're just starting. We're just a little podcast, a little tiny, tiny baby podcast, a tiny little seedling starting out and we've sprouted our first little leaf. So let us be fucking proud of ourselves. All right. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, good. Yeah, cool. Get summed that up enough well for you. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so if you want to submit a problem, you can do it on Twitter. That's at UOKHunPodcast. Instagram, at UOKHunPodcast. Email us, UOKHunPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to stay anonymous, which a lot of people do, that's CuriousCat.me slash UOKHun. And please remember with CuriousCat, until I have posted a response, it will not be visible on the timeline. So do not think that you have not sent your problem and send us like 18 messages saying, where did I put my glasses? I can't find my glasses. Because that's what people do. So um, yeah, I'll, I will get around to replying to it. It will show up on the timeline. We'll read it on the podcast. We'll solve all your problems. Your life will get better. And you'll submit the Patreon because we helped you so much. I have just sat and listened to you do all this. It's impressive. I'm sorry. I have nothing to add. I have nothing Do you think add. it's impressive? I thought you were going to criticise me. No. You had your criticising face on. <laughs> oh, my, I have my eye rubby face <laughs> on. Little, little critical glint in your eye. No, it's my eyes were are, are dry and I needed to rub them. That was, that was the look. Okay, so that's good input. I appreciate you telling me about that. Thank that you. That was good. Th- great, great content. Thank you for sharing. It was very brave of you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so we're back. I know, I feel like I haven't done this in so long. We've not we've not actually recorded in like three weeks. We recorded two episodes at once with Emma. So then that, well, that was kind out. of different. Obviously it's always kinda of different when we have mm-hmm. a guest. Yeah. And it's so fun when we have a guest because you know you're boring and I see you and speak to you all the time. I mean, good God, how are you not more tired of me by now? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> yeah, so it's so fun when we have a guest. Yes, so we will do more guests, hopefully. Guests are nice. Yeah, guests are I like are having good. guests in. Same. It would be a lot easier with a second microphone. Please submit to the Patreon. Well done. Patreon.com slash podcast. All the links are on our website, which is... UOKHuntPodcast.com. Yeah. And, and that's the podcast over. We've said all we need to say. <laughs> Catch you next week. I know, really. I mean, I'm so glad you handle all that. It's so much effort. This is why I'm, t- I'm terrible at promoting anything. Yeah, you're awful at promoting so anything. so much effort. It's so much effort. I can barely post, like, I post, right. like, maybe, like, 30% of that. So at least it actually has a knighthood and no one knows about it. <laughs> Not like one of those shit ones that the Queen gives, like, Do you know why I have a dream that I get... Roars or... or... Stop. I actually have a dream that that I got offered some sort of knighthood or royal honour. Mm-hmm. So I could be like, fuck you, you fucking bitch. Stick it up your cunt. Is yelling stop, at, you think, an appropriate way to, to be like, listen to my story? Stop! That's what you <laughs> yeah. did there. Yes. Do you think that's appropriate? I just wanted to share that with you. It's not anything I've ever, to- I've ever really talked about. Well, let me squeeze my joke in first. <laughs> okay. a pod- I don't it's know if you've heard a podcast I, before. It's because I knew the joke would be bad. Well, you know so this I was this like, has been oh. coming for a long time, Lisa. <laughs> this is how podcasts work. You say something and I pitch in with a stupid little comment about it and then allow you to continue to talk. So you don't have to yell stop. You can let me just... Air, air, are you just going to sleep? Are you just fully going to no, sleep No, I'm now? just like sick of your bullshit, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, fuck, Lisa hates the Queen. Uh, I think we've established that during our two royal episodes so far. That's true. 
Uh, what else has happened? We were sick, so we didn't do a podcast last week. Sorry if you were waiting. Oh yeah, I fainted. That was weird. Lisa fainted and I couldn't hear. <laughs> so she was unconscious and I was like, hello. So, you know, that didn't seem like the and best the funny thing was, the Dave talked about his dumb ear, like, so much. Here we go. <laughs> Ugh, you've got the man flu. It's true what they say though, isn't it, ladies? Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Well, the funny thing about the ear Yawn. was, it was just... Lisa, the... this is, we live in a post-gender world. If you could just put the shit to one side, that'd be great. <laughs> the funny thing about the ear is, I have like weirdly chronic ear infections. Like I get ear infections constantly and they're incredibly painful. Dave's wasn't even sore, he just couldn't hear and talked about it. I was completely deaf. I'm actually very sensitive about my ears and my senses and my com- visions and my eyes. You can't say completely deaf if you only were deaf nothing. in one ear. Yeah, from, as I said that, completely deaf in one ear. You didn't say one ear. And I have very bad tinnitus and the buzzing was very loud and it was very distracting and you were just like, no one cares about your ear loser and you fucking fell over on the floor. Who's the loser now? That did happen. <laughs> oh, our life is such tragic mess. Speaking of tragic messes, should we get on with the problems? Yes. Oh, it's really good because, yeah, okay. Right. Problem number one from the mailbag. What are you doing? Nothing. What are you asking what I'm doing? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready for the problem? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Hello, Mona Lisa and Dave. What would you do if you knew something terrible was going to happen? Something that could alter the very fabric of our society and cause the downfall of the Republic. But the powers that be had conspired to muzzle you, to keep you from speaking out against them. That's right, you are my only hope now. I believe that you are the only people and this podcast is the only platform brave enough to help me transmit my message. So here goes. The government tested a gay bomb in Iraq and they're ready to use it on civilians to stop you having children. I have the documents to prove it and if you don't believe me, just check the frogs because they are all gay. (laughs) Yes, I am a pariah just because I dare to tell the truth and I've had my entire life turned upside down. Until last week... I was the most successful independent media figure come lifestyle supplement salesman on the internet, but I had my Facebook and iTunes pages taken down by the globalist paedophiles and satanic demons who are taking over the world, which means my theory about the cannibalistic homosexual sacrifice rituals must be true, because they clearly shut me down for knowing too much. I've gone from making enough money to pay for all the glazed hams and sunbeds I could afford to being completely isolated from my wife and children. Oh. Oh, sorry. Uh, That actually happened in 2015 when my wife divorced me and they took the kids because every time it rained I ran around the garden naked, screaming that the government were controlling the weather with photon radiation. What happened to free speech? How are these private corporations allowed to hold a monopoly on media and expression like this? How can they exist on this scale without regulation? Why is what I say classified as hate speech? What is hate speech? Why hasn't Hillary Clinton been arrested for human trafficking yet? When will the demon that Lady Gaga summoned during the halftime show at the Super Bowl make itself known? Why does no one else care about the gay frogs? I have so many questions and I want them answered, goddammit. I want them answered, you bastards. I want you to read this document out, every word. I don't want to see you kissing goblins. 
I don't want to see you having political succubus with goblins, and I don't want to see you ingratiating goblins. I want the truth. Yours, Alex Jones. P.S. Don't drink Pepsi because it's made out of dead babies. I believe this. So, I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't do an impression. I, I'd, I'd thought about, turn the frogs gay! I, don't, I can't do an Alex Jones. Right. And a lot of other okay. p- podcasts that I listen to have people that can do really good Alex Joneses. Ah, okay. So you're like, don't want to disappoint. Yeah, I mean, I think I sound more like the macho man Randy Savage. <laughs> Maybe if I just did it like <laughs> that, little... brother! <laughs> oh yeah! You do, the frogs yeah. are gay! No, even that's, even that's <laughs> no, not No, that's right. too I much macho man. It. Yeah, that's, that's I can't true. do it. Yeah. Um, so I have some questions first. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the gay frogs, is, is that a thing he actually talks about? That is his most famous. Right. The goblins. The goblins, also a thing he talks about. He was, he was afraid that Donald Trump was going to sleep with the goblins. In what the is a goblin, though, in his, in his narrative? You mean a goblin? Like like from Lord of the Rings or whatever. Right. Well, we all know I've talked about one of my, my favourite Korean drama, which is about goblins. Yeah. And in Asia, goblins mean something different. I just want clarification no, no, it's, on it's the type of goblin. It's a very traditional Tolkien-esque Western variation of a goblin, I Got think. It. But you can never really know what, what and Alex can Jones, they can some, you? But can they somehow, like, like, wear some sort of, like, human suit so they present as not goblins? I mean, surely Probably, they notice yeah. real goblins walking about. Well, I mean... Alex Jones thinks has that weird sort of conservative delusion where he thinks that Donald Trump's a large, smart, muscular man who's fighting against paedophiles. So I think he probably, yeah, he thinks goblins can wear like a human suit and trick Donald Trump into. Well, having, I don't know why that having, was relevant. Having but... political succubus with him. Right, got it. Yeah, because well, if he thinks Donald Trump's smart, then Donald Trump's not going to have sex with a little green slimy goblin, is he? Right, got it. Well, I mean, that I, mean, I don't really know if intelligence would be the thing that I had to. Anyway, right. So basically, okay. just don't don't ingratiate goblins. I don't know what he means by that, but I'll be certain to avoid ingratiating if I'm anywhere near a goblin. Okay, okay. So he doesn't really clarify what these things are. No, he just sort of shouts about them and a bunch of people are like, yeah, cool, this is fine, take my money, please. So, I mean, I have some thoughts about him. I bet you do. Now, I feel like, ugh, I'm so terrified to actually talk about this because I feel like everything I'm going to say is going to be incredibly Listen, this is a safe space. Okay, so... We have okay. a, we have an unbreakable bond with our listeners where they, they, they let us, you know, work things, start with a thought, work it through the logical conclusion without jumping to conclusion, conclu- okay. conclusions about what so, we mean by okay. this. Okay, so Alex Jones, I love him. Yes. Now, clarify. Mm-hmm. I think he's a horrible monster that spews hate speech. Yes. But, like, there's been plenty of people that have been like that. Mm-hmm. And they generally are like... Now, I'm going to use the term crazy a lot. Now, I don't want to seem like I'm speaking disparagingly of anyone with mental health issues because I myself have and, you know, everyone... If you're uncomfortable with someone who has mental health issues using the word crazy in a more casual context, skip this episode. Seem fair? Yeah, but I also mean that he is crazy in the same way that, like, a delusional cult leader would be deemed crazy. Yes. You know, because that's really what he's given me, that vibe. He's very, like, the way he talks, he's got, like, a Heaven's Gate, like, Mm. vibe to him. You know, like, the aliens are coming, it's a conspiracy and all that. You know, he's got that, really got that vibe. 
And those people are very, very similarly present themselves mm-hmm. as he does. And, you know, it's always shocking to us looking back on these things that anyone would follow or believe what they say. But these people have followers, followers willing to, uh, uh, like in Heaven's Gate, mm-hmm. Berbatov agrees, uh, in Heaven's Gate willing to actually kill themselves. Yeah. Um. So that's the thing with him. I, I, you know, when I say I love him, I mean like in a weird, like I hate him but love him because he's so in, like crazy and just, and you know, has just insane ideas. Yeah. Like if Alex Jones was a character on a TV show, number one, people would be like, this is a bit on those guys. This is a bit too much. But that's the world that we live in now. And number two, Everyone would love him. Come on, you would love him if if he if he wasn't real, or, and I do maintain, if Alex Jones said a bunch of things that I believe in, I'd be like, he's the greatest showman who ever lived. And also, there there does tend to be like a, a, a similarity between a lot of cult leaders saying a lot of very inappropriate things. You know, like it isn't just their sort of aliens are coming like yeah. they'll always have some sort of weird idea about race or yeah or or, or, God, or yeah. homosexuality or something like you know what i mean they'll have some sort of crazy there's just generally like crazy ideas but what's so odd to me because again because i watch so many documentaries and stuff on like things like cults and everything i'm just like okay cool that's just that's that type of guy right you know like okay What's so insane to me is the fact that he had people listen to him. Yeah, no, completely. It's wild. That's the big thing that I'm like, what? Yeah. Because, like I said, people like that have always existed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we were able to, you know, discern from what they're saying. Oh, hey, yeah, you know, that's probably not true. But the fact that he's so influential is what is really shocking to me. Yeah. But the thing is, is he influential? Well, I see, this is what I didn't know. Because I know he has like a ton of views, well, used to on YouTube, and mm-hmm. you know, he gets a lot of listeners to... But I'm like, how many people are listening to that because they're just like, hey, this guy says some fucking insane yeah, shit. Yeah, check out the... I think a lot of people listen to listen to Alex Jones or Infowars on the surface because ostensibly he has the same politics as them. Now, I don't think they believe in the fucking the demons and the goblins and the gay frogs and all that shit. But I think the more sort of, I think people tune in for the more traditional kind of conspiracies and also the the very sort of traditional conservative beliefs. Like, yeah, you can listen to Alex Jones talking about fucking uh, the gay bombs tested in Iraq or whatever but you can also very easily hear him talking about I don't know cultural Marxism which is the big pure buzzword of the day which everyone loves to fucking talk about ah this is cultural Marxism stop virtue signalling you're concern trolling me etc words so I think there's like a there's that as well and I think a lot of people just do think he's hilarious well but surely you can't you could be like yeah yeah I agree with cultural Marxism being a what horrible thing is that the perception cultural Marxism is a bad thing these people believe well I assumed that's what they believe but yeah but you know and then just what what glance over the fact that he's talking about what gay frogs yeah basically I think it's a case of ah this is you know it's really funny that he's saying gay frogs but he makes a pretty good point about uh, cultural Marxism 
I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. Serious crap. Gay. Frogs, freaking frogs. It's not funny. I'm going to say it real slow for you. Oh well, you know. I mean, similarly, you know, obviously, he there's a similarity between him and his buddy Donald Trump, but yes. in the way that I do feel like we're focusing so much energy towards these individuals, we're giving them so much power. Yeah. And ultimately, what we need to focus on is less these individuals, because as I said, there have always been individuals. Like people are always like, "Oh, it's like Hitler." But I'm like, right? For see, okay, Hitler obviously mm. horrifyingly damaging individual in the world but for as many peoples that have had the impact as Hitler there have been hundreds of thousands of them that have just had no impact at all yeah completely or very small impacts well, like smaller cults or something not that I'm saying that's not still bad but you know what I mean whereas I think we should again focus more on the a collective responsibility as and why are we paying any why are we giving these people any attention why would we? Why would they ever have any impact in our society? Well, that that kind of goes to the 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 the, 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 the funny thing is no one takes Alex Jones seriously. Like I don't know, maybe I'll splice in some clips. Someone invited him on Newsnight at one point in the UK, and you know he just started screaming, and you know everyone was like, "Well, this is a fucking train wreck." Um, for some reason, people people in the media in particular have this really conceited thing where they all bang on about free speech. You know, even if even if they're on quote unquote our side, they're like, well, you know, you've got to give these people a platform so that you can show everyone how how bad they are. All you're doing is validating them. Well, no, you're basically. But what you're doing with someone like him is like, you know, like there could be a someone standing on a street corner with a, with a cardboard sign screaming something about aliens coming. Right. Do you put him on the news? Like the, do the, you, is the that dude what with you the do? fucking tinfoil, tinfoil blanket at the street corner fucking openly masturbating in broad daylight. Like, do you want to get him on for his thoughts on like government brain control drugs? Because not everyone deserves a platform. And also, I think what you'll find is, I don't know if anyone noticed that, you know, Brexit happened and Donald Trump is president. Platforming ridiculous beliefs does not undermine people's beliefs in them. No, but It just strengthens it, them because it validates it. Well, you know that conspiracy that there's like celebrity things happen around big political changes to distract uh-huh people from like caring about it yeah you know like something will happen with kim kardashian or like a royal baby will be announced or something um in a way it's kind of similar you know what i mean like you're kind of putting all that attention Mm -hmm. on someone like him yeah one of my big questions about him is how is his heart not exploded yet I mean, he looks like he's constantly in the process of exploding. Yeah, like, and he's so what's loud the, what's the and thing just on... gets so worked up that I'm just like, his heart's going to explode. Like, it's, it's going to, like, any minute. What's the thing in it? Willy Wonka that makes you into, like, a balloon? He's in, like not face... a thing in Willy Wonka. Do you not, do you not, do you not like, fucking No, the girl eats them? the thing. Uh, and what thingy, happens to She blows up like a blueberry. Yeah, well, like, that's what obviously what I meant. Right, God, you I'm... couldn't have thrown me a bone. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, like a balloon. You're like, there's nothing like that. It's a blueberry. They have no similarities. There wasn't a thing that made you a balloon, though. I'm oh, just you like... know what I meant. You knew what I meant, and you humiliated me in public. This is meant to be a safe space. 
You're really coming from. I'm arguing like I like really care about. Willy I know. Wonka. I never anyway, even liked that he, movie. Well, the, the original point I was trying to make was he just looks like he's just at stage one of that process yeah, all yeah, the time. Completely, completely. Um, like I know we talk about like old fucking red British men as gammons, but he is like the pure he is the King archetypal gammon. gammon. He is, yeah, like he is. He's yeah, the pure you gammon, imagine the gammon from which all of our gammons were cut. See if you didn't hear him talk, you look at him, you just think he's got a summer vacation home. Yeah, he drives a in fucking, Spain. He drives a rover where he eats a full English breakfast. Oh, like God, that's yeah, completely totally. him, and he probably like like has a British flag yes. on his fucking Spanish house. Absolutely, yeah. Um. He just wears like England football, England football shirt, polo shirts all the no, time. No, he wears like a checked short sleeved button up shirt. Ah, yeah, I know what you mean. From which his fucking gr- grisly grey chest hairs and gold fucking sovereign medallion are like mm. bursting forth. I don't know. Mm. He does look like that. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Anyway, I let's, mean, let's not body shame Alex Jones too much. Either. I wasn't <laughs> body shaming him. I'm hoping, you... right? So I'm hoping everyone obviously knows about Alex Jones, but for for anyone that hasn't seen this podcast, not a great medium for the visual, but I just want you to look up the before and after supplement pictures. Have you seen those? What do you mean? What's that? Look up Alex Jones before and after. Before and after what? Supplement. Give it to me. You you talk, I'll, I'll no, find it. you have it. a phone. You Google it. Okay, right, cool. I I'll... wanted to Google some Alex Jones quotes. You should do that. Well, let's. Well, we can't both do that. We can't both be Googling at the same time. That's not good audio well, content. Well, I'm talking, so you well, can Well, please Google. continue to talk. So, I mean, I, I did hear him, like, I, I tried to obviously watch some videos of him to, like, get a grasp, get a feel for the guy. And, I, you know, I did I did really enjoy when he was calling Hillary, Hillary a demon. Yes. part of me just loves such a random insult. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, see if someone was like to me, you're a demon, I'd be like, cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, right, okay, so here we are. I'm going to show you, this is this is, uh, this is an ad. So Infowars, people don't know, is this weird, like, sort of far-right conspiratorial alternative news. Used to be a YouTube channel and Facebook, not anymore. Way. But Alex Jones also sells uh, nutritional supplements on there. And he, if anyone does not know this, look this up. Just just Google Alex Jones before after. He once sold a new line of nutritional supplements by posting two pictures before and after of himself, 45 days apart, in which the only difference is he has become very, very red. Lisa, <laughs> can you please verify that is the case? How is he so red? 45 days difference. You know what I love, right? So for people, I mean, you should really Google this, but just to describe this accurately, he's also doing that, that like 1950s man breathing in stomach thing. Yeah, the, yeah, the, you know, puff it's like, the, <laughs> breathing in tummy, puff out the chest, waddle with arms, tears, yeah, side, yeah, but you know, like it kind of looks yeah. like he's just, wait, what I do just, you mean, sir? Yeah, what he's going to pass out at any moment. Yes. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, there's a really long quote that I just want to read some of it. Please do. That I'm just like... So this is a quote from Alex Jones. I don't even know what the context is, but I'm just going to start. And now they love it. They can abuse and beat everyone up and nobody can stop them. Nobody can stop them. They're having their way with America. They want our guns. And if you're not with them, cops and military, then you will declare that... No, then you will declare that you are with the Republic now. And don't tell me that I'm a weirdo because I'm upset about this. And I should only go and get upset about my favourite football team winning or losing. Listen, I know what tyranny means. I know the bankers are putting poison in our food and water. I know the bankers have stolen 8.5 trillion. I know we're under the War Powers Act. I know they're hurting us. I know they're carrying out New World Order. 
I know they staged those terror attacks. I mean, honestly, it goes on like this, just on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the weirdest thing about him. What is he actually talking about? Oh, n- never anything. There's never anything concrete that he's referring to. Because so far, I from little clips I saw, there was the frog thing. So I'm assuming he's saying that something has made frogs particularly gay. Yeah, the gay bomb. The gay bomb. The gay bomb made the frogs gay. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the gay bomb that the Pentagon tested in Iraq on our own troops. Or you know, He says here, troops. the reason there are so many gay people now is because it's a chemical warfare operation. I have the government documents where they said... I have the bomb, documents! Where they were going to... You're still the macho man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! I have the government documents where they said they were going to encourage homosexuality with chemicals so people don't have children. That's why I'm gay. I mean... I had a bunch of chemicals. You know, I need... Mean, he, what else did I hear him talking about? Hillary was a demon. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, all the Satanists, all the demons, oh, all he, the paedophiles, all the child murderers, all the What's so funny to me? Oh, the vampires. The vampires, they're sucking energy The from goblins, people. of course. What, what's so funny to me is he really is like... Like, again, normally, like I said, with a lot of cult leaders and stuff, they're kind of a bit clearer with their message. You know, mm. it's very much like aliens are coming... You know, and it starts to break down a little bit. You know, like Scientology and stuff. You're like, wait, what is this actually? Yeah. What? You know what I mean? But generally, Why it's a bit stop clearer. Stop talking about Scientology in the podcast. I know they're going to come for us. We're going to get like shot. Um. Yeah. So it's a bit clearer. But like with him, like in in like a five minute clip, he talked about demons. There was vampires. I think he meant more energy sucking vampires than blood sucking mm-hmm. paedophiles that comes up all the time well that's what they're all on now going back to the QAnon we talked about in the Roseanne episode there's mm. greater developments of that we might have to revisit it at some point well his thing I heard him talking about was like the Pizzagate thing was actually like a media distraction thing right and that actually his original thing wasn't anything to do with Pizzagate it was to do with that politician guy well it's all that I mean that's all a lie he got on the Pizzagate thing and then he backed off well, this is what they all do because these people are all grifters you know it's like when Alex Jones went to court about his divorce um, he, he his lawyer had said oh no he's not unhinged your honour this is all an act Alex Jones got into court and said that it's not an act, this is 100% the real McCoy truth or some shit like that. But the thing is, it is all an act. It's the same as him and any other pure foaming-at-the-mouth conspiratorial right-wing arsehole on YouTube or Twitter or anywhere else, is that as soon as things get too real for them, they start to back off. Right, okay. And with, you know, like... Last year, after, you know, it's just been the one year anniversary of Unite the Right in Charlottesville, where, the, where Heather Hare was killed by the neo-Nazi in the car, uh-huh. uh, allegedly. Um, and, because I can't say that apparently, because the media can't apparently say that he definitely did that, because the court case has still not fucking happened yet. Seems quite cut and dry. Anyway, that's beside the point. And a lot of people, a lot of figures, like, moved away from the alt-right in the kind of Nazi-adjacent positions. Right. After right, that right. happened, Alex Jones, it was the guy going into Comet Ping Pong Pizza in DC with a gun. He then disavowed the whole Pizzagate thing. After that, and he apologised. He had to rewrite a pretty ah, cause I was, statement. Yeah, I was wondering that because he seemed to he seemed to act like that was he never said that. Yeah, he did. Like, oh, I mean, really? You can watch, you can watch like a zillion videos. Yeah, I mean, he is not the originator, but he jumped on the bandwagon. Because and he's got such his, a huge following. All his fucking hooting swine fans were all like, right, "Yeah, right, Pizzagate's right. definitely a thing." Hillary Clinton's a pedo. Lock her up. Um, yeah, so he got on that, and then he backed off when it got, shit got real, basically. And he fucking. Can I just read another little? You could read as much well, as you firstly, want. Well, firstly, just one of this, one of the titles of one of these rants is 
demonic mustache run <laughs> which is like a great <laughs> band name <laughs> Holy um, shit, he's what? like at the end he's like oh you got a mustache it's okay oh your demonic little mustaches i mean Ooh. but this start of this chicken neck weakness is like a god now and being totally passive and being a huge jellyfish slacker who looks like a fried egg in a chair. I mean, he is a wordsmith. <laughs> a fried egg in a chair! Is, is he talking about himself? He's more like a boiled egg in no, a chair. No, he's, he's a fucking, he's a glistening ham in a chair. <laughs> it's just, like, again, I don't, like, no one is taking this seriously, right? But he has a lot of sway. With Donald Trump, yeah, right? Yeah, because he shouts loud that he makes loud... All the fucking dumb old... It's, it's very his American. His fan base is old. His very, fan base is old people. It's very American. It's the fucking boomers that are eating this shit up. But right? then it's like... And they just like loud noises. Mm, that's true. And it's funny though, because I was thinking that... It's like we were talking about the other day. You know how people say... like people. I think we've made our feelings on Donald Trump pretty clear. Yeah, love but, him. Can't, can't get enough. But... Big Trump fans here. People that say, like, can't believe this has happened. It's like I was saying to you the other day... I can completely believe it's happened. Yes. Donald Trump is the perfect president for America. Yes. The fucking garbage fire that is America. Perfect. Alex Jones, perfect for America. Yeah, you honestly, get him on seat. Get the fucking, the host of CNN. Do you know Alex what Jones it is? 24-7, because it's right. Do you know right. what these people are? They are not, like, there's a, there's a, there's a, a way that America is presented to the world. And it's presented in a way that is not reality. The reality of America is Donald Trump, is Alex Jones, Mm -hmm. and anything else is just fucking false. And that's awful, and I'm not saying all Americans are like that, and I'm not... Well, I guess I am being (laughs) anti-American. I'm being anti-American. I'm not anti-American. I'm anti-America. Yeah, totally. I'm anti-Britain as well. Not anti-Brit. Same. Same. Um, But yeah, I'm like, he just... He's very American. Like, honestly, I imagine he should just be, like, dressed up like Ronald McDonald. Like, well, like sitting in a pickup truck with like cowboy boots on I don't know totally. That's, do you know what I mean he's just yep. that to me and I'm just like cool I just so I mean does anyone take him seriously I think that the, the, most people just like him for the theatricality of it I think that a lot of old people take him seriously because he has that sort of like fucking you know that really crazed Christian nationalist way about him the, the demons and fucking all that shit and you know He's protecting the guns. Every, will, you say that. Get, yeah. Quote, quote, to, to watch what you oh just said. God, right. Hitler took the guns. Stalin took the guns. Mao took the guns. Castro took the guns. Chavez took the guns. And I'm here to tell you, 1770, 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. He said that, I think, to Piers Morgan. He did. That's after true. calling him a globalist, right? Yeah, that's yes. true. Yes. Another another great Alex Jones clip, him just screaming at Piers Morgan. Like, whether this idea that communists don't like guns. Communists fucking love guns. You fucking dumbass. I mean Right, put the Wikipedia down now. I don't need you undermining everything I'm saying with your Wikipedia quotes. Sorry, it's just his quotes are like they're yeah, ridiculous. You can't get enough. He's just he's an in, right, let me ask let, let's get off the subject of how ridiculous he is. I think we've okay. established we think he's ridiculous, right? Yeah, true. I do want to ask before this is over. The whole free speech thing. Because obviously a lot of people have come out in defence of Alex Jones who you wouldn't well, I mean, you would expect, because I know that everyone's garbage now. But they're being like, well, you know, it's freedom of speech, isn't it? Freedom of speech. I would like to air some thoughts I have on freedom of speech. Sure, so, we talk about this all the time. A lot of the problem is people aren't able to identify what hate speech is. Mm. In my mind, if 
an if something that you say on a platform that if you have influence and you say something that has a demonstrable and tangible impact on a mar- the marginalized people that it's aimed at it's hate speech mm-hmm. perfect example i'll fucking tell you since boris johnson said the other day that he thinks women in burqas look like letterboxes and criminals there has been a spike in hate crimes against muslim women wearing niqab or burqa in britain who are being called fucking can you believe it letterboxes oh well it's almost as if your words have a fucking impact shocker so everyone's like, oh, how do you define hate speech? You know, what if big government comes for me and says that when I complain, no one fucking cares about you, Sharon. Right. All right. Uh, now, I think it's hilarious that Alex Jones got taken down on Facebook. I also it, think it's fucking absolutely hilarious. So when it's one of theirs, when it's one of the pure extreme right wing nut jobs, that one of their people gets taken down on Facebook, suddenly they care about corporate accountability. Totally. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were capitalists. What did I say in the Facebook episode? Fucking nationalise it. Totally. Nationalise Facebook. But no... No, no, no. You can't nationalise someone like Facebook because, I don't know, Mark Zuckerberg making a bunch of money means that his money somehow trickles down onto me. So I'm just sitting here waiting for Mark Zuckerberg's fucking trouser piss money to drip onto my fucking head. You called him Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. (laughs) Whatever. I just, I feel like it's so funny how now they're crying about, like, we have to regulate Facebook. Why do they have a monopoly? Capitalists love monopolies. Capitalists hate regulations. You're meant to be capitalists. Why are you now deciding that you want some sort of government control over Facebook? Because it's almost as if you don't actually fucking believe anything you say, and it's all just ideological bullshit. Hmm, imagine! Right, totally. Sorry, I'm done now. I mean, the free speech thing is so interesting. It just comes up so often. And I don't think people... I think there's two things at play here. Firstly, it's the... If your your opinion or your speech actively seeks to harm or, you know, possibly do harm to a group of people... Yes. Then it's, it's not free speech. Yes. There's a price to that. It's just not you're not paying it. Second of all, it is the platform thing. Like, let's face it, the concept of free speech and everything, a lot of that came down to things like the media, mm-hmm. right? But, like, within the media, there's a certain... Within... I mean, to a certain extent, there's a certain level of, like guardianship and processes that things go through Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it isn't just you know your crazy manifesto that you're putting out there you know what i mean you there's there's editors there's people there's publishers there's there's aspects that go through now that doesn't mean that hate rags don't exist but you know (laughs) what i mean you know what a hate rag is you pick up the daily mail you know what it is you know what i mean totally but it's like we haven't really re-established that concept when within the internet world Mm -hmm. And that's something that we need to do because the the whole idea of influence is there. And that's what's so dangerous about the internet. There isn't any guardianship. Like, no one is sort of... There's no sort of qualifications to who has this platform online. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the kind of the most the the most educated or the most insightful or the most Mm. anything. It's 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 whoever happens to have the most followers. And let's yeah. face it, 
we know by just because you have a massive social media following does not mean that you have a place to be having an opinion yeah, on many yeah. matters. M- meritocracy does not exist. It completely. And it's like, that's what's so difficult about that. Like, the influence of that, the, the reach that some of these people have mm. and what they're saying is ridiculous. I, I think you're totally right. But I think if the guardianship that was supposed supposed to exist in the media... Yeah. I mean, there is still, a, 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 in a sense, guardianship. But... The people that guard and the people that, that that curate media are so completely disengaged oh, from what's wildly. actually happening in the world, what people are interested in, what people believe, what is right, what is wrong. Like they are so far removed from that. Oh yeah, that they're they're irrelevant. Well, that I mean, that was one thing that, like, actually, when I was looking into Alex Jones, I saw him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Now, I'm not a fan of either of those people. No. But in a way, that's actually what they were talking about. Yeah. And they were right. Like, people, they have, mm-hmm. I mean, like, ten times as many views on, on YouTube and stuff than, yeah. like, traditional news outlets. Yep. And that is, for whatever reason, like, I don't know, fans of those people, you tell me, why would you go to them and not mm. a traditional news site. Well, because people can't trust traditional news sites. Well, because traditional news, all it's trying to do is just recover the status quo. I'm not going to say maintain the status quo anymore because, mm. you know, neoliberalism and capitalism at large is in its fucking dying stage at the moment. Mm. It's it's just spurting out its last gross death rattles. But the, the media, the mainstream media, I mean, I hate saying that because I do sound like Alex Jones saying the, ma- the lamestream media <laughs> is just desperately clinging on to this hope that can we just go back to before the, the mortgage bubble burst and when Tony Blair was saving us for all the evil Iraqis and everything. And it's just mm. like, no, that's gone. It's done. Fucking, like, w- the wealth gap is just, it's too far gone now. Mm. People are crazy. People have been pushed to the extreme right because they're stupid or the extreme left because they're really smart and they're winners. And no one wants to go back to this fucking bullshit, fucking airy-fairy liberal fantasy about what the world is and what media yeah, is. Yeah, because it wasn't reality. It was no. never really true. It's, 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 oh, we want it to be like this. We pretend, if we pretend hard enough and people are just comfortable enough they don't question it, we'll be fine. Well, that was the tea, right? It's like, see now, <clears throat> because more people are feeling oppressed and feeling yeah, the feel strain, more. they're actually realising, hey, the world is a pure yeah. garbage fire and everything is awful. Well, I mean, but in reality, the world has actually always been that way. It's yeah. just now you're seeing it. Like, your rose-tinted glasses are gone, Brenda. Like... Yeah, fuck's sake, Sharon. You know, it's gone. <laughs> It's gone. It's gone. Um, yeah. yeah, Alex Jones, I mean, you couldn't even give him advice because he would never take it. No. Watch your heart. Yeah, buddy, please just calm down. Like, maybe just go and fucking go fishing or something. Just to get he a hobby. He to calm down. Get like, a hobby. Really. That's, that's a quite a, a common bit of advice, isn't it? Just get a hobby. He, you know what I think he needs to do? Like, <clears throat> so you know how sometimes I say to you, like, you'll say to me, oh, is this like, you'll ask me of the documentary I'm watching mm. and you'll say to me, like, oh, how do I know if it's good? You know, like, because I sometimes, sometimes you'll get documentaries on random subject matters and it'll be in just crazy, like, the most terribly researched thing. But because I've already researched a subject, I can tell whether something's Yeah, you can separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, loads of people say those zeitgeist documentaries are good. Uh-huh. They are terrible and everything they're saying is complete bullshit. Interesting. But anyway. Controversial. 
beef started with zeitgeist. Come on, it's, zeitgeist, I've only you motherfuckers. It was like about religion, come, so I don't really know. But anyway, that's that's my only opinion on it. But it's funny because that's what I think he's doing. I think he's like too dumb to understand what he's what he's watching isn't right. I think he's overstimulated. Do you know I what I mean? Think, like I, just, I think he's like watching mm, things and reading things on no. vampires and like new and like the New World Order, the Illuminati, and like lizard people and demons and succubi, and he's just no, like he's just he, he's just I literally he knows, like jamming all this together. Being I think like, he knows what stupid old Christian conspiratorial do you boomers think, in America do you actually listen think? to. He doesn't believe in any of that. No, shit. really, no do you actually think way. that? You look at his early career; he wasn't into that at all. He's not a chance. It's no, a fucking, really, is this the tea? Do you that think shit's put on? Really, do you think? Fake. Stop. Could you stop speaking like this? Come is on. like don't. This, I mean, honestly, I like literally have never hated you more. Is it actually? Is that actually a? Uh, are you actually being serious with that? Yeah, no, I think that. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, totally. Because that's shocking to me. All these people, no one, no one believes anything. Well, that's disappointing. Especially, see, see, take anyone, pick, pick someone from the right wing media. They don't believe shit. I mean, that makes sense most of the time, but for him, I felt like I got. He's so passionate. It's Listen, belief. He is good at what he does. If look, well, let's, I mean, be, well, I let's guess... be real. If he if he is real, he should not be unsupervised. If he's not real, then it's one of the most disgustingly cynical fucking things. I guess... And he's doing so much damage just to enrich himself personally and right. that's bullshit as well. I mean, so fuck him. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think about I mean, I never even thought that it wouldn't be real. But like I guess now I think about it, is he willing to eat the the applesauce and wait for the spaceship? Maybe. That's a Heaven's Gate reference, if anyone gets it. I liked it. Um, yeah, maybe not, actually. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I couldn't see him, you know, going that far. So maybe he doesn't believe. Maybe. Not that I'm implying he is a cult leader, but you know what I mean? He's If you're so willing to... If you're so ingrained in these deep, crazy beliefs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never thought about it. Wow, then if he's just doing this, I mean, he's quite a good actor then. I mean, I certainly think it's it's exaggerations of actual beliefs he has. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like he's in, in any way like a good person. He's a terrible person, regardless. Right, but he's just added kind of extra arms and legs onto it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, but it's so crazy. I don't know, it just feels like if, if surely if you were making it up, you would probably rein it in a little bit. No, because again, because he knows what uh, is, is he just heightened? Yeah. Is he just got more? Bear in mind, he's, he's, he's from Texas. He's from the fucking deep south of America. Like you know, all these fucking pure hellfire and brimstone Christians. They mm. they want to hear that shit. They want That's to hear true. fucking God's wrath and demons and goblins and ghouls and fucking Michael Jackson's thriller video come to life. There was stuff in the quotes about Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber, which I didn't even get to. I mean, listen, you can read them in your spare time. <laughs> I will. Let's uh, what what any any closing thoughts. I mean, honestly, just, yeah, watch your heart. I don't know what else I could say. Just get a hobby, man. Go take, take up fishing or, like, needlework or no, needlework, obviously, because you'd probably be like, you know, you're trying to cuck me, drink some milk, the soy boy. Something, something. I'm so sick of these fucking right-wing grifters. I'm just done with them. Ugh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, again, see, because I've always watched stuff about weird people, like, mm-hmm. that's the whole reason why I talked about, like, cult leaders and all that. I just like... I'm just very interested in very extreme behaviour. So to me, I'm like, again, this isn't new. These people have always existed. What I just, I just don't, it's so strange to me that like, 
this is the normal world now, though. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I don't know how that happened. Yeah, uh, I hope it goes back to the normal soon. Uh, yeah. In, in the meantime, uh, we'll just watch out for gay frogs, I guess. I mean, I surely frogs, there's some, some frogs are gay. Anyway. Know, I mean, I've never. I don't know how you would test the frog sexuality. Why? So, are you implying that the 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 whole some sort of gay bomb? Then they specifically tested on the frogs. Or no, I think the frogs just got caught frogs? in the gay bomb fallout. So what? What else? Surely there's like badgers and stuff, and like squirrels and stuff too. I believe all the flora and fauna are gay, <laughs> but it's just the frogs in particular that he's able to commune with. Ah, got it. Got <laughs> right, it. Can, can we move on now? Yes, clarified that. Right, right, this is a listener problem. Yay. And if you wrote this in, oh, because this came from Curious Cat, so I don't know who this is. Oh, it's a secret. Um, if you wrote this in, sorry it took so long to get around there, but we were sick and, you know, we talked about this at the start. Don't make me repeat myself. Here we go. Hi, Mona Lisa and Dave. Game show music is fine. I am the male part of a hetero couple. We are both in our 30s and have both been married to other people before. We've been together for a couple of years now and we could not be happier. So in love. Everything is perfect. Life is good. We honestly both agree that we never knew happiness until we found each other. Lisa's eyes will be rolling. How did you know? We are so similar and complement each other perfectly whilst also educating each other in new things and experiences. It's honestly amazing. Finding her was truly life-changing and I sometimes think life-saving as we weren't in a good way having both come out of mentally abusive relationships. Before we were together as an official couple, we shared stories about different sexual things that we had done before. Our rational minds accept that this was necessary in order to establish that we were compatible, as we are both very sexual people who find joy in kink and roleplay and mild bondage and other such things. However, every so often, one or the other of us will be haunted by these early conversations, sending us into a deep funk for a day. We both went through a slutty phase, albeit briefly, after the end of our respective marriages, probably needed but looked back on with shame and guilt, and with regret when we see what it does to each other. I accept on my part that this jealousy and pain is my precious male ego, assuming that the guys she has been with before are better looking with bigger dicks, etc. For her part, she thinks my ability to make her come so much, humble brag, and so well as an indication of me being with so many previous partners, when in actual fact it's just because we are so in tune with each other and so in love that we are just perfect. It's not like I'm some kind of stud and I've had my fair share of awful sexual experiences and disappointed partners. You and me both, buddy. We both know it's pathetic and that people in their 30s are obviously going to have numerous partners. However, we can't seem to get past it and and once every couple of months or if a certain name is mentioned or situation comes up, one of us ends up hurt and we hate it. As I reiterate, everything else is so perfect. Please, Mo and Lisa and Dave, solve this for us. Oh, that's 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 a hard problem. Yeah, so I'm so here for the humble brag. Yeah. Yeah, I liked how we knew my IBI rolling. You, you literally—they were just like at the peak of their of their circuit from one side to the other, up into the back of your brain. It was yep. all all white to the eyes. It looked like the Undertaker. <laughs> it's my aesthetic. What do you think about this? Um, ugh, it's hard because there's this. Let's see now, especially nowadays, there's this kind of like like you know like positive encouraging speak and acceptance right 
where people are just like, yeah, like, don't feel bad about that. Like, yeah, we're, we're very sex positive now. Yeah, as right. A, as a peoples. And that's, of course, how we should be. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it kind of ignores the reality of the situation where in the way that, like, sure, you may want to be that. Yeah. But sometimes you can't be. Yeah, putting on the ears and grace doesn't necessarily inform your reality. Yeah, and it's like... It can be really hard to, like... You know, it's that thing where you just... You sometimes think about things in your past and Mm -hmm. you're just, like, horrified by them and you, like, can't move past it and you're just like, oh, God. Yeah. And it's like, you could be the most sort of... I don't know. I I don't know. What do you think about this? I'm struggling to, like... Because I want to to just say, like, this is normal. Everyone thinks like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But in reality, I think that's what everyone says. Yeah. And it actually doesn't help. You know, like, it's like if someone says to you, like, they have an issue about, like, how they look or whatever. You know, like, nowadays the rhetoric is like, mm. you, you, you look amazing. Like, don't be worried about that. Like, you are you know what I mean? Like, you, mm. you're amazing however you are or whatever, you know? And that's true. But at the same time, it can sort of just, you're sort of just glossing over. Yeah. It doesn't body. address your yeah. traumas. Like, if you, yeah. you, you know, every, every kind of, like negative or antisocial or like toxic behaviour that we exhibit in relationships it could be traced back to something that happened you know in your life up till that point you know you behave ways because it's been imprinted on us by our experience right Mm -hmm. and so I think okay number one I I mean I I actually like I could probably sum this up uh, what my thoughts on this situation okay I do I do feel a ways about it number one I think that what you need to remember is even people who are soulmates, even the most perfect, wonderful, compatible couple, great people, perfect in every way, have something. Now, a lot of people talk about, you know, every couple fights. And these, these don't necessarily sound like fights as such, but more stumbling blocks in your relationship. Uh. And you, you said it yourself, everything else is perfect. So I think firstly, you both need to not be so hard on yourself that uh-huh. you're bringing baggage into this relationship. Totally. You know? You're in your 30s, you've come out of marriages, you said they were both abusive, you both have traumas relating to relationships. And I think ultimately, like my thoughts on this are, if that comes up, it's because of a trauma. It's because of something that's happened in the past. It's because you've had negative experiences and you're afraid that something could happen to this good relationship that you've got just now. Mm. And that's natural. That's normal. And sometimes the only thing that you can do to overcome a trauma is to retrain both your brains. Totally. And the form that that takes is every time this comes up, you go through the same cycle, you reassure and you comfort. You need to make sure you're both there for each other when these situations arise. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're with me on this, right? Totally. Because that's how you overcome trauma. You have to learn. You have to learn that it's safe to pop your head out the warren and, and a, 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 a hawk a hawk isn't going to swoop down and carry you off with the talons I think yeah because that's the thing it seems like there's it's centred so much around shame and things when they live in shame are are never going to be handled correctly no and like uh, so I mean this is the thing whether you're get together like we got together when we were like 
when I was like 21. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be that you necessarily got together when you're older or, or you don't have to have been married or you don't, everyone has baggage. Yeah. Whether, you know what I mean? And, and of different forms. And unfortunately, that is going to arise in your relationship. And it's, I would be a hypocrite if I said don't feel shameful. Well, I do think you shouldn't feel shameful of it. But what I'm saying is I understand yeah. those feelings of shame. And I'm sure most people do. Most people carry shame that they have of their personal baggage that they feel, even though I hate that word baggage, but, you know, for ease of conversation, they feel that shamefulness that, like, their issue could affect the relationship or something. Yeah. And that's a really difficult burden to bear. And mm. I think, I don't know if this is kind of relevant, but like the whole outside cat thing. Yeah, completely relevant, I'd say so. So I don't know if we've ever talked about it. I don't know if it's really personal. It's okay like, if it is. I guess it's I have a lot of baggage where I can be quite cold, like for whatever reasons. Um, and I can, how, I guess, how would you even describe that? You'd probably describe it better. So I, Lisa, I, well, is it okay for me to do yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, do it. Do I mean, it. I'm not putting words in Lisa's mouth or speaking for her. No, 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 no. You me. could describe it Lisa's, better. Like Lisa's a very sort of cold person and, and the way that she's dealt with uh, trauma through her life is to become quite detached, maybe to become quite defensive. And I always have said to her, like, oh, that you're like an outside cat. Like, that's what you are. You're like a cat that's fucking lived in a rough and cold and dangerous environment and you have these survival skills. But, mm-hmm. you know, the cat flaps was put in a good few years ago. I fed you every day. Maybe it's time to let me rub your fucking belly. And that's the thing, because obviously the reason the outside cat works is because it varies. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, this is not groundbreaking stuff, but no. like, you know, for a lot of the time, I'm an indoor cat. I'm nice. Yeah. I'm docile. I will perhaps let you touch my belly. Yeah. But the second that you fucking cross me, mm-hmm. like, I will back to being that snarling bitch. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. At you. That's the thing with, with, with whatever it is that you've dealt with, you know, whatever you've go brought from, from a trauma or a difficulty in your past you know like you said baggage you know whether in the, both your cases it seems more in terms of insecurities part of a relationship and part of helping someone who's been through a difficult time is accepting that you will have to just go through this process you have to coax them away from that negative and it helps if for, for your insecurity i feel like it really helps for you to be very mindful of why you're feeling something understand the root cause of it what was it in your last relationship? What was it in your past that's made you feel so insecure about your partner? Let, accept their help, but accept it mindfully. This person is saying this to me because they feel bad that I'm insecure. They want me to know that they love me and they care for me and they're there for me. Uh-huh. And let that, like, be mindful, be present in the moment. I hate, well, I've talked about mindfulness before. I'm not saying mindfulness in the way that, you know, your boss wants you to have a mindfulness break at work so you're more productive. I mean, mindfulness is in actually stop you know, ground yourself and say, wait, why? Like, step out of your, your instinctual response to the situation and start to think why something's happening. And, and it will it will start to change the way you see it. And, like, the reason for the outside cat thing works really well is, is like, a little phrase. You know, Dave will kind of ask me, like, why are you being an outside cat? And it's what's why that works so well is mm-hmm. a lot of the language associated by, by being cold, like, they become very negative, kind of, Again, they're very critical, aren't they? But they're very kind of triggering words to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so like 
you know, people used to say that I was very cold. When I was in school, people used to say I was an ice queen and all that kind of shit. And it became like a weird sort of trigger for me, even though I do know I'm cold, but in an argument or a heightened situation, call me that, then that's difficult. Or call me defensive or say any of these things. It can become quite sort of triggering and it takes the situation into a kind of, a kind of very emotional place. Mm -hmm. So now for the outside cat thing, it's, it's less, it's not triggering to me. It allows me to kind of reflect on how I'm actually being and be like, okay, because I know we know this. I know this. He knows this. We've already discussed it. Like it's out in the open. Yeah. Like we've talked about the reasons for it. We understand the reasons for it. That doesn't mean that it's not going to keep happening because it'll probably happen forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just to even have that little kind of thing, and that's what it reminded me of, like. And it could work with any situation, I think. Anything that you sort of carry with you. Um, and I think that's the thing. I think part of the awkwardness around that subject is 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 part of it is probably like what's maybe been unsaid or what's... I don't know, there's just an air around it. There's It makes it awkward in the same way that certain words would be triggering to me. I think you could maybe try and find a different way to like... Mm -hmm. talk about it yeah because it is what it is i mean that's the tea right mm -hmm. it is what it is you can't you can't get a time machine you can't erase that past and nor should you like it, mm -hmm. you, none of you have done anything wrong and it can be strange the kind of how you perceive yourself once you're especially once you're in a healthy relationship yeah and it's so hard, especially for someone like me that has anxiety, to say to someone, like, don't dwell on the past, because I'm like, I just feel like a hypocrite, because I'm like, bitch, that's all I do. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, what 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 we've kind of, you know, worked on together is ways of thinking about our pasts and what, what parts we dwell on and training ourselves not to be as affected by them, and that's how we progress as people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what what needs to happen here as well but and again i want to re-emphasize this don't feel bad about it don't feel don't be so down on yourself that there's this one thing that's not perfect no one is fucking perfect no relationship is perfect the fact that you are aware of it and the fact that you're like we are we know this is happening what mm -hmm. can we do about yeah, that, it and that's it's the first step to that's really it. important i think i think that's what i'm trying to get across i know the outside cat thing is kind of odd but it's like that's one of the things that it removes the sort of emotionalness because those trigger words are gone. Yeah. And it so it does help remove a lot of the judgment I feel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like that's the thing. You don't feel judged. You don't feel that sense of shame. Yes. You're able to talk about it more openly and kind of more rationally. Yeah. Um And that'll help. And and you know, in a way you sound like you're in kind of a good situation because mm. you are actually both quite coming in at come kind of equal footing in a way. Yep. You know, let's face it, a lot of the time when you get together with someone, one person has way more experience than the other or and it's quite dramatic. Yeah, but, yeah. And those can all be things that couples have to work through. But it's just about, I think, removing any sort of shame and judgment and just getting to, like, acceptance. Yeah, that's it. Don't you think? Absolutely. Do you have anything else to add? Nope. Hope that helped. Yeah, me too. Get back in touch. Let us know if it helps. Yeah, let us know what you thought. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Actually, yeah, I think some, someone wrote us in to... Oh, can I, should we do an update? Yes, do it. Let's, let's do an update. Let's do an update. Let's do an update. Right, give me two seconds. I have to find it first. What I'm happened sure. to you there? Were you just like having a moment? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just, I was having a, having, a, <laughs> having a senior moment. It's because one of the cats has just done a shit, I think, and they're running about going crazy. Yeah, they, I had something got knocked over a second ago. And to be honest, it made me really angry. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I managed to hold my cool, but I was just ready if I can get up there and... Start threatening people to go to cat jail and stuff. I revealed my outside catness. You should. Yeah, I was very proud of you for doing that. That was uh, a very bold step, but it's nice to, to be able to, you know, talk about your experiences to mirror someone else's. I think that's a really effective way of helping with it, right? Totally. Right, okay. You need to fill this boy void right now while I look for this update here, okay? Okay, I don't know what to say. Well, bitch, you're, you're out on your own now. Oh no, I'm out on my own. What if I talk about something weird? I don't have anything to talk about. Okay, it's fine, I've got it. So, um... Thank God. So this is from... Some people might remember the uh, person who was having sex with a kind of asshole from the gym bro who did not mirror any of her beliefs. Um, They have got back in touch. I've been to write for ages to say cheers for reading my letter on your podcast with all your usual wit and truth. You both pretty much hit the nail on the head with your advice. Dave, when you said that sleeping with someone I don't have feelings for was building my walls higher, well damn, I was shook. You may be interested to know that I have decided not to see the gym bro again. I listened to your podcast the morning after our last hookup. We'd spent the whole evening before arguing about capital punishment and Islamophobia. I don't know about you guys, but that's not really my kink. I think the casual arrangement was what I needed at the time, but ultimately, who wants to waste precious hours listening to that crap in exchange for a bit of bone? Not this feminist. Hearing you guys take on it was really very validating, though, so thanks again. Yay! I know, I was so glad about that. I know, it's Because nice. I was worried about that one, because I kind of was kind of quite blunt about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when it's a real person, you start to be like, oh God... I know we act really cool and detached, but sometimes, like you know, giving people advice is actually makes you quite vulnerable as well. Because you're like, "What if you told that well, person no, the wrong I always thing? talk about that. Like, people always kind of act like, "Who do you think you are giving people advice?" Right. And I'm like, actually, actually, a lot of the time, people don't want to give advice because they don't want the f. Like, they don't want to put themselves out there. Like, giving people advice and is you put yourself in quite a vulnerable position mm-hmm. because you're kind of exposing yourself to do it, and it's there's a lot of responsibility. Yes. And part of me just wishes that I didn't have that part of me. Me too. But I can't help it. I just feel bad when someone has a problem. I know. So if we've done your problem, please do feel free to get back in touch or Instagram us or Curious Cat us or whatever. Just send a fucking carrier pigeon that just say, I didn't kill myself when I heard this. That's all we're really looking for, all right? Yeah, plus the cats would love a carrier pigeon. Yeah, they'll fucking eat it. Eat the shit out of it. Don't expect think, a carrier pigeon back. Yeah, I know. But like, I'm convinced, though, Berbatov wouldn't care if I, like at all and Torsten would fucking shit himself. Yeah, probably. Even though Torsten's like the size of a, of a, like, a medium-sized dog. Yeah, we'd be... I, you know how he's always like determined to eat the pigeons at the bedroom window? Yeah. Put him face-to-face with one. <laughs> he, he, fuck, he wouldn't be such a big man then, would he? Yeah, I guaranteed. Right, shall we move on to our last problem? Yes. Normally I do something funny. Uh, it's actually kind of a serious one, so... Bummer. can't put a very serious podcast now. Oh, we can't... This is why you should have let me do that fucking joke earlier instead of cutting me off. Remember that? <laughs> I I will never about forget that? about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even remember. Shut up and let me do the problem. 
Okay. How did you? How did you and Dave split up? Well, we're doing a podcast. And and he, he just uh, stuck in making this joke because I was being very rude and ignorant. And I wouldn't even <laughs> apologise for it afterwards. To be honest, he was right to leave me. That's <laughs> you. What you would say? That's what you would say. Right here we go. <clears throat> Hello, Mona Lisa and Dave. I came across a viral tweet yesterday that triggered something of a reaction in me. Fifty-five thousand retweets, one hundred fifty-eight thousand likes. Here it is. Fuck depression. Was out with my pal last night, joking about having a laugh. He didn't let on. His dad's just told us he's been found dead. Please talk. Don't hide it. Obviously, that's extremely tragic, and I feel for anyone who's just lost a friend. But I'm getting more and more aggrieved by being told to talk about my mental health as if it's that easy. Compared to when I was younger, the world is now far more open about their struggles with depression and anxiety in particular, and I feel like a lot of that is because social media gives us a platform where we can present a more detached or curated version of ourselves, where it's far easier to disengage from the inherent shame that actual lived experience teaches us to feel around our diseases. But I wish that people would realise not everyone feels comfortable with the dialogue, the means or the idea of sharing like that. And those of us who don't have the capacity to be transparent about how we're feeling are driven further inwards by all these pleas to quote-unquote talk about it. I have lived with depression for, I'm estimating, 22 years. I've been treated on and off, but I find it difficult to dedicate myself to medication or therapy with any consistency. Combine that with the massive defunding of mental health services, I'm either living with it or trying to fight it alone a lot of the time. As much as people like to parade the concern over mental health for social media wokeness karma, I feel like this is theatre for the most part. The points in my life where I felt the most lowest and the most psychically alienated from everyone are also the points where I felt the most abandoned and materially alienated from everyone too. My depression manifests itself as a complete withdrawal inwards. I do not leave the house, answer the phone, tweet, post, talk, or even think about other people, and that has destroyed 99% of the interpersonal relationships I've ever had. Consider this, if it's too hard to express those feelings to the people closest to me, how hard would it be to message someone saying, sorry I ghosted you, I couldn't think about anything other than killing myself for three months lol, still want to be friends? The dialogue is always, don't hide, talk. But I wish people would realise that these are empty words when the way we interact with each other as a society, the way a majority of people treat their closest friends and family, informs us not to talk because it's always me first, you second. I wish people would realise that for a lot of folk, having a mental health problem A, isn't always something you're comfortable expressing and B, can also cover more serious issues like personality disorders, mania and psychotic breaks, conditions that can actually affect how you're treated. With everyone concerned with how much emotional labour they're spending versus how much they're getting, have we forgotten that they're for st- that being there for someone? It- Sorry, the cats are fucking driving me mental. What are they doing? The fuck are you morons doing? Oh, 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 Sorry, is this okay? Mm-hmm, it's really good. With everyone concerned with how much emotional labour they're spending versus how much they're getting, have we forgotten that being there for someone isn't always easy? Sometimes it hurts, sometimes we don't get please and thank you, sometimes there's no tangible reward for you to gather for all your hard work and dedication. This is more of a rant than a problem at this stage, so let me ask you this. 
Do you think that an inherently individualistic society is capable of looking after its most vulnerable people, in this case the mentally ill, in anything other than a performative aspect? And that is from me. <laughs> I wrote that to the podcast. Yeah, well done. For us to talk about. That was good. Um, I have a quick answer for you. No, I don't think that we can. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I will get love you. Bye. Um, so I saw that tweet and it just, I, I, I don't mind talking about my mental health to you in this context. I'm used to speaking with you about it, um, and because it's quite, it's always quite sort of ambiguous. Mm. We're not talking about specifics. Yeah. But in reality, I'm really struggling with this. Talk about it. Talk about it. Like I, it's it's not that, and it, it's not even like I'm expecting people to like ask me about it. I'm just like expecting people to not be like, well, he's been real. He he's a real piece of shit because he didn't answer my message. So fuck him. We don't talk no more. Yeah, quite wildly that, but that's kind of. And you know, I I have a big thing about that. You know, like how people say like, you know, because that's one of the things that I find weird about, you know, like the self-care thing. Mm. And I know an aspect of this is true, where it's self-care is like not taking care of someone else. Yeah. And I'm, okay, don't take care of someone that's abusive or anything to oh, you. Oh, God, no, no. But... Not like you, I think a lot of that's but is that what they say? Is it taking care of someone? Well, how do they normally? Well, uh, people talk a lot about like it's usually to do with boys, isn't it? It's usually mm-hmm. to do with like uh, spend. not necessarily. Well, I mean, that's where I see ninety nine percent of people. No, talking I'm not about talking that. about emotional labour. I'm talking about just like oh, like just you know look after yourself first. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's the thing though. That's what really to me relationships are. You look after people that you are close to. Mm-hmm. And you should hope that they will in turn look after you. And yeah, sure, at times that may create an imbalance where you are perhaps spending a lot of energy helping others and you are perhaps not getting that in return. But then I sure would rather be in that position than be ignoring, completely ignoring someone's suffering. Mm. Because that's ultimately what it comes comes down to in a lot of places. It's about convenience. Mm. I care about your pain if it convenient if it's convenient enough for me to care. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think people like I think it's completely true to say that you need to look after yourself in order to be there for other people. But I think far too many people have a very um, it's a very warped idea of that. Yeah, they're being very generous to themselves in terms of thinking like, well, what, what's this? When do I, when do I need self care? It's, well, it's like it's like everyone, you know, like it's so funny to me how people are just like, I deserve it. Yeah. Those new clothes, I deserve it. Yeah. This wine, I deserve it. This takeaway, I deserve it. This new car, I deserve it. This fucking new house, I deserve it. Do you deserve it, Brenda? Do you? Do you deserve it? Because a lot of people don't have it. Don't they deserve it too? And a lot of the time it's actually just like greed and like narcissism that's feeding stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You're not... And and look, here. here's the tea with this, right? Is it fair that you should have to expect, expand, expand, expand? Expend emotional labour or put in, put, give someone a lot of effort and time that you perhaps don't return? Is that fair? No, perhaps it isn't fair. But... Things aren't always fair. 
You can't have it both ways. See if we are going to be a society that genuinely looks after people during their vulnerable time. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing about it. I'm not even saying just people with mental health issues. Every person, whether they have mental health issues or not, is going to have a vulnerable time in their life. Mm-hmm. And if you want people to fucking look after you at that point, then you need to... Like, nothing in life's free. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to have done that too. You can't expect to get what you've never given. Yeah. And it's like, if we want to have a society where we kind of look after each other and support each other, then we can't have it both ways. You can't be all about me, my life, I'm going to, oh, this is, you know what I mean? And then, and then turn around and say, oh, but we should support people with mental health issues. Like, you can't, it would be great if we could have it both Absolutely. ways. But we just can't. Mm. I do want to just clarify, like, it's, it's difficult to talk about the mental health dialogue critically because... You know, I don't want people to think I'm diminishing anyone else's pain. Like, I think there are mm. people who are completely capable of as soon as they have a relapse or they just feel bad about something or they're having just about an off day of firing on Instagram. I think it's a particularly young people that have grown up around social media are used to just using that as a venting platform for them. And they know they have a network of supportive people. I am older and I'm not... I'm, I'm not now and then there never this... have been comfortable with doing it but i'm not i don't i'm not saying that that diminishes what these people experience what i do want to say is that it, my, i remember you know I, like i tried to explain in that letter sometimes at like my darkest like my darkest most difficult moments have been the time when i felt the most alienated from people i've always had these huge migrations away from me as a person at the times where i felt the absolute worst and i know that maybe if I'd said, you know, I'm having a hard time, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe they would have stepped up and been like, oh, well, let's be supportive then. But conversely, I remember at a really dark time. I remember someone who I wasn't even that close with had just clocked because my Instagram posts apparently were depressing or something. I was just like, are you okay? Are you, are you, do you need to talk to someone? Uh. And I just remember the power that that had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's obviously someone who will remain anonymous just now had recognised the, there like, was something there yeah. and they had recognised something they'd been through and they reached out and that had such a huge impact on me. I can't even express it. So while my friends were just migrating away from me and just be like washing their hands of me because I'm difficult to be around because I don't answer fucking messages. Someone who I had not spoken to for years had reached out to me and it had the best, the the most impact, more than any kind of venting or expressing or sharing has ever had. Yeah, wildly. I mean, that's really true. And, you know, again... Well, it's so funny because me and one of me and my friends, we always talk about this. We always talk about, like, it's so funny how people kind of call you flaky or act like, you know, that you're kind of like a flaky person. Mm. When in reality, it's like they're just choosing not to understand that. And that's what I find with a lot of people. People love to talk about mental health and they love to, like post things on social media and they love to be like, oh, you know, mental health awareness day or week or whatever. But in reality, see when the push comes to shove, are they there? Are they, they're the one that are pissed at you for saying you can't meet them Mm -hmm. or annoyed at you for not turning up to something, Mm -hmm. not being able to, like, or maybe you haven't responded to them. Maybe you haven't texted them. Maybe you haven't got in touch. And it's like, 
you know, in reality, if we're truly going to talk about mental health, there needs to be a level of empathy and understanding. And that's one big thing that I just feel is missing. Like, it is so performative and that's the problem because true empathy isn't just about mimicking words that you hear and repeating back these empty sentiments. Mm. Empathy, true empathy is about genuinely understanding where that person's coming from. Getting in the trenches of someone's experience. What motivates them, what drives them, what they're going through. Like, I have a friend and if I don't hear from him in a while, I'll check on him, make sure he's okay. But like, I know it's nothing to do with me. I know he's not ignoring me. He's just going through a difficult time and he needs to retreat. That's cool. Like, I'm like, you know, let me come mm. to me if there's anything, if you need to speak, if anything's wrong. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to be annoyed that he's like, no, he's not going to touch me. Like, that's not, you have to understand, like genuinely like put yourself in that position, person's position mm. and, and understand their perspective. Like, again, it's that thing where people just don't want to put in the effort. See, when it becomes difficult to them, if it becomes effort to them, they just can't be bothered I doing think, it. I feel like we've lost, completely lost our ability to be proactive. We're so, and, and I don't necessarily blame people for that, because I think we're so used to elevating and listening to people that go and ask and take things that we've forgotten about people that just don't. Forgot about the people that won't ask. Well, Mental that- health issues are messy, and helping, supporting someone with them isn't always quick. And it isn't always smooth, and it isn't always easy, and it isn't always rewarding. And like, Sometimes it, like, it fucking like sucks. you were saying, I'm not saying that if you talk about mental health openly and on and so you don't have a problem. No, no. But let's face it: the people that I've known in my life that have had the most serious problems, being the quiet ones, were never the people that you expect yeah. ever. Yeah. And it's like people need to remember that they really do, mm. and it's but. I don't know if we ever will. Like, we live in such a kind of narcissistic world that ultimately people, most people only, most relationships to most people are about what you can do for that person. So it doesn't serve them any way that they won't care. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunately the kind of sad state of the world. I, I don't know how to fix that. I mean, how... Based on my own experience, what I would say, if, if anyone thinks like this is if this resonates with anyone, like if you have any friends who have mental health problems, don't ask them to share. Check in on them. Like, go go to them. Don't, because, don't yeah, wait for them you... to say, I'm going to kill myself now. Because you have to understand what you're asking the, the of t- that person. Because the time that they do kill themselves, they won't fucking tell you first. They'll just do it. But that's what you have to understand what you're asking of that person. Oh, I didn't know anything was wrong. Well, of course you didn't. Who's going to share that? And you know what? If you ask any person with mental health issues, there have been times that they've shared Mm -hmm. and it has not went well. And I'm sure every one of us has one of those stories where you've told someone and you fucking regretted it. right back up in your face. Because you're told, like, everyone has sad days or, like, you know, and it's like, it just went horribly wrong. And, And those things, like... You can't get over them. They you yep, they, to your they, grave. Again, this is this is what so, I was talking about like informing your material circumstances. Yeah, and like that's the exposing and talking about stuff like that is like it's it's like taking off your clothes in the middle of the street. It's yeah. you're bearing your soul so much that you it's such a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And to, for someone to open up to you, it's a really, it is a really, it's a process. Yeah. And and I hate that term safe space, but like 
genuinely you need to think if that person isn't comfortable why aren't they comfortable talking to you perhaps you aren't creating a safe space for them to do it and you're right you don't don't put the don't put it on them if someone needs help you don't put responsibility on them you take the responsibility yourself yep like and that's what i think we're really missing in the world people don't want to take responsibility for their relationships well do and don't be like, oh well, it's I, I for my for my for my self care. I need to just focus on me. <sighs> Great, do you? But you know what? This is we have. Have you ever noticed that this generation is probably the most focus on me people in the world? Nah, I think the boomers were, but they just went didn't know how to talk about it. That's true, actually. Probably from around the 60s. Well, really, yeah. it started in the hippie movement, so the 60s onward. Yeah. It's just me, me, me. Well, things have really not went well. No, let's go back to us. And, you know, take some responsibility on. If you have people in your life and they are struggling, then you are responsible and for, in part for that. Like, you are. I'm not saying that, like, you're so responsible. Mm. Did you, do you disagree with that? I think you're responsible, but I, I think I don't think you're. It's, it's difficult. I don't think you're by default responsible, but I think everyone acts like they're responsible. So step up to the plate. Yeah, I, I know. I kind of sound like I sound like I'm like a an Italian mob family a little I know, bit. Right? I know. I'm a twin. <laughs> I think that's why I sound so intently about that. Yeah. Um. I just think that. It just you know what it is. It's just being able to wash your hands of someone. It's done so callously. Yeah. Like, think more of your relationships and your friendships. And I'm not saying, I guess it's because our social circles will expanded so much. You know, mm. a lot of people say that, like, that's one of the reasons that's happened, you know, because yeah. perhaps maybe if you lived in a small community, you would only know, like, 30 people. Yeah. Whereas now you may be friends with, like, hundreds of people, and that's yeah. just too much to do that. Totally. But you know who your real friends are. You know what I mean? Look after those people. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So that's my that's my piece. That is me I feel like bearing I my soul. More than you did. Do you want to add anything else? No, on? I just want to say to to close it up. That's I'm bearing my soul. That's difficult for me to talk about. I have not really ever talked about my mental health with anyone apart from Lisa, really. Um, maybe a couple of exceptions, and that's how I feel about it. And I'm okay. I'm in a good place because I have all the support I really need at home. I do sometimes feel sad about the fact that people that were supposed to be close to me and my friends couldn't see past, you know, well, you're an asshole for these reasons. When in reality, you know, I was desperate for someone to just kind of come forth and help me. But I would like people listening to maybe take that into consideration. If you've got a friend who is acting like that, or if you want to just be there for someone who has more mental health, be that. I I found that in helping other people as well. From, From me taking what I wish that I had and applying it to other people. I think being proactive and forcing the issue is far better than sitting and waiting for them to tell you because it could very one day very easily be too late and I don't want that to happen to anyone. Any one of my lovely huns that listen to the podcast. I am calling you huns now. That's what our fans are called. Yeah, and also if you're struggling Mm -hmm. and you can't express that and you wish you had someone in your life to talk about it to. Because that's another thing. Sometimes people are desperate to talk about it, but they just don't have people to talk about it because it isn't a kind of safe person. Yeah. If you want to talk about it to us. 
I mean, it's, is free. it not kind of the ultimate irony? We're telling people, write in your problems. <laughs> Share your problems, guys. Well, I meant they could tell us Yeah, but like, just in general. Privately. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, yeah, so like... Oops. Yeah, but this is this is more to do with interpersonal stuff. We can't be proactive. We can't just send messages to strangers on Instagram saying, hello, are you depressed? Tell us about it for our podcast. That would be distasteful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope I hope that, that resonated with someone. Yeah. Anything, it was very brave. Well done. Thank you. Any other orders of business before we close up? No. I am going to put in a quick plug for long-term fan of the show. Daisy and May on Instagram, her beautiful boy, her little doggy. Uh, needs you love her some... dog. It's so I love her dog so much. It's a beautiful dog. It is a very beautiful dog. It's a very dog. magnificent and beautiful dog. He is very sick. He has some very serious problems with the liver and she is having difficulty with the vet bills. Because so vet bills has... are ridiculous. Yes, they are fucking ridiculous. So she has set up a, a GoFundMe. I'm going to put the link for it in the show description. Um, I would like for if anyone has ever had a good relationship with a lovely dog and a beautiful dog and would like to help her out I'm sure it would be greatly appreciated she put it up earlier on she has I think about £600 out of the 2000 so far I want to make sure she gets over that line and I want to use the limited power that we have to try and help that happen yeah big thanks to it was nice we, we got Rich to Rich from Abandoned Ship he reposted it on Instagram earlier because he is a big sexy pepperami and, and I just hope everyone's a dog person and they could donate a, a, even a little amount. Because if you're not a dog person, then... Yes. What are you doing with your life? So that'll yeah. be in the show description. And in case you can't read or you don't have a podcast app that can do that, I'm going to read the URL out, even though that's really boring. Because I mean, it doesn't sound great. I mean, it's got capital letters in it. What am I going to do? Hang on. Is it not just like a like GoFundMe? So it's got... it's GoFundMe.com slash B for Bravo, N for November, G for Golf, H for Hotel, 8 dash save dash Ripley. That's Ripley like a Ripley from the Aliens films. Go on, donate a little bit of money. Oh, Ripley. Get well soon. Get well soon, Ripley. We love you. And um, just even if you can't donate money, like any like yeah, spells, sig- positive thoughts, promote the promote it from your own social media anything like that yes okay yeah anything else no okay yeah. love, love you, you. Bye. bye the paradigm of absolute control and that's why we're just out here doing simple things pointing out that we're meant to be in nature and be natural and this is where we find the source that god made to transcend the new world order and that's why they want to try to keep us out of it i'm angry i've had enough of these people they're a bunch of Christian murderous scum They're on giant death factories Keeping babies alive And selling their body parts What more do you need to know about these people? I go out and face these scum They literally crawl out from under rocks They have green looking skin And they run around screaming We love Satan, we want to eat babies I have them on video Hillary's in the creepy, weird, sick-stuffed man She sleeps in the same room with that creepy, weird woman Whose mother wears a hood over her head That woman number one is ugly Imagine how bad she smells, man I'm told her and Obama just stink Obama and Hillary both smell like sulfur 
gets close to that evil and I feel it go Ah, ah, ah We're such self-centered crap We don't even notice and it's self rising up against us Millions of pointed people of the very worst type And I'm so pissed We're gonna steal your daughter Mama